XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to XV Planus. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planus, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here on the mic and dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and the just plain weird with you all. Tonight, we're going to dive back into Natchez, Mississippi, but we'll be moving past the crowded shadows of history and bring things back up to the present. Over the course of my visit home over the holidays, we investigated the old Adams County Jail for two nights in a row. The building itself has been repurposed as a local government office, although the skeletal remains of the main cell block on the back end of the building and death row on the third floor remain intact. Scott McCoy, who joined us last episode, will be able to fill us in on the history of the building. We're going to be getting to that in just a moment, but before we go barreling back into the void, I wanted to take a little bit of time to give a huge thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. As of now, you are all contributing enough that the basic fees, such as hosting and distribution for this project, are far less personally damaging than they were before. (laughs) To be honest, that doesn't account for much, but every bit helps, and I appreciate each and every one of you very much. I was a little apprehensive of starting a Patreon, but it's been a lot of fun creating exclusive content for that feed. For those of you who don't know, our Patreon features an exclusive interview series called Transmissions from the Void, where I interview people about their own personal paranormal experiences. Now, whether or not you subscribe, I'm putting out this open call and invitation to be a part of that series. If you've ever had a strange experience, whether it's a subtle poltergeist activity, UFOs, ghosts, or cryptids, and you'd like to share your experience on our interview subseries, email us at xvplanus at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story. And if you'd like to support us, you can go to www.patreon.com slash xvplanus. That said... We'll move our attention back to the subject at hand right after this brief message from our fellow creators over at the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. What scares you? Ghosts. Aliens. Monsters. The occult. Conspiracies. Some of you like to be scared and unearthing paranormalcy is for you. Some of you try everything you can to avoid it. Unearthing paranormalcy is for you. We take the topics that scare some and we dig in to find the source, then present the history to make the paranormal a little more normal. We also throw in a bit of comedy to shed a light on some of the darkness in the world. So whether you're scared of bumps in the night, what's inside your own mind, or strange lights in the sky, we cover it all. We dig in and present all that we find and try to come up with some logical and not so logical reasons for the high strangeness happenings. Sometimes we are scared of the things we don't understand. And the more we understand, the less we fear. So find us, Unearthing Paranormalcy, on your favorite podcast app. And join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord at UMP Normalcy. And until next time, keep digging. friends and fiends at this point i'm very happy to welcome back scott mccoy and michelle tabot to the xv planets investigation of nash's mississippi now we're actually going to get to get into the real investigation that happened and i'm really happy that you guys were able to join us tonight but we also have another guest joining us jessica who was our fourth person involved in the investigation jessica thank you so much for joining us tonight and, and thanks for hanging out to talk about this review of this rather strange experience we all had yeah thanks for having me can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Jessica Sanders. I own Backwoods Broomsticks. I practice Appalachian Mountain Magic, um, Tarot, Conjure, uh, Root Work. Okay, right on. So I uh, I I love the Appalachian uh, Magic thing because you know, as you know, right now I'm in I'm in North Carolina, and so Appalachian yeah. lore is like really really thick out here. Have you ever heard of the Brown Mountain Lights by any chance? Um, I actually was just reading on some things about that. 
I haven't really had much time to get into it, but it's on my list. You know how I am about lists. Uh, but I touched base. <laughs> I touched base on it a little bit on that, um, but then got a little sidetracked with something else. Well, uh, the Brown Mountain Lights are one of my personal favorite Appalachian uh, folklore, and I'm hoping that we're actually getting a chance to explore it uh, this October if you all are available. Always. It's fascinating to see. Now, the whole buildup to this moment is something that I wanted to take a, a brief moment to talk about because I, I mentioned in the previous episode that the snowball effect of all of us getting together <laughs> was was kind of a humorous story within itself. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I still think it's it's kind of worth noting because it kind of plays off that whole this this is how small town works and Natchez is a small town. And so everything snowballs very fast. It doesn't take long. Now, at this point, I have become known for being the weirdo who left town and I chase ghosts and UFOs. That is hilarious to me at this point. But every time I come back into town, I come to uh, not only visit family, but catch up with some old friends and family of friends. And uh, the the Zerby family in, in Natchez is very, very good friends of mine. Born and I grew up together. And Brenda, who owns Morton's Flower Shop, by the way, go check out Morton's Flower Shop if you are in Natchez, Mississippi. So I go there to to visit Brenda and Brenda tells like she immediately walks up to me and is like, so I hear you're here. You're back for the holidays. You're in your hunting ghosts. I'm like, well, I would like to be. Unfortunately, Nash's little theater didn't respond uh, soon enough. And out of the blue, she starts mentioning, have you heard of this guy? Scott McCoy tells me that you're running a Natchez ghost tour. And I go to try to track you down at the uh, it's the Natchez Brewing Company. I get handed your card by one of your coworkers. I immediately call you. I leave you a message and you call me back about 10 minutes later and you're just like, hey, I'm finishing my beer. I'm on my way. And you come and meet me at Natchez Brewing Company. And within the span of like two and a half hours, we had about four or five people interested in coming to join on an investigation. I've never seen anything fall together like that so fast in my entire life. That was hilarious. It, 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 it really was. I mean, it's almost, you know, the perfect storm of circumstance. Like you happen to find me on my day off and me on my days off with a project to do. I'm going to knock the project out of the park because I've got nothing but time. So, yeah, um, I, I just happened to be uh, down at the camp restaurant down at, at the under the hill area uh, that we kind of talked about on our last uh, episode. One of my favorite places. And, uh, you know, I get this, you know, message uh, from you and I'm, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. All this, you know, paranormal investigation sounds awesome because the way I look at it as hosting a ghost tour, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a paranormal investigator. I'm not a medium. I'm not a psychic. I'm a storyteller, you know? And so I love being a part of investigations and getting that firsthand encounter, seeing, you know, this equipment and stuff, you know, live. Cause that just, if anything, it just strengthens, you know, my business. So and also, luckily, happen to know a few people who are also interested in this and people who have been on investigations with me before and who know this stuff. So I'm starting to me up, hey, Michelle, what are you doing right now? Can you meet at the brewery? Hey, Jessica, what are you doing right now? Can you meet at the brewery? And luckily, all of us just happen to not really have anything going on at that time. So, you know, it's like, hey, well, let's all go meet at the brewery. We got some stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, within... Within probably uh, an hour and a half, all of us uh, showed up at Natchez Brewing Company, and that's where this whole thing started. And it, it, it's again, it's one of those you don't have to know everybody; you just have to know the people that know the people and can put you yeah. in touch with them. And which, which is what a great town like Natchez is. Um, there, there's a lot of cross promotion between businesses. There's a lot of cross promotion between tour guides and stuff like that. So um, yeah, we've all we're all that's what I say. I mean, we're all in this thing together. You know, why not? all get together and try to straighten this down uh, as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, it was this strange, almost comedic snowball effect that, that rolled it all together. And, but it's also a testament to like, man, you act fast, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, took, it took 30 minutes of a conversation. We were like, boom, all right, we're doing this tomorrow night. Yes. I've never, I've never seen such like quick draw McGraw level of of interest in this. So I, uh, I commend you for it, and thank you for pulling oh. it together so fast. Oh, and it, it, it was great because not not only did you know the the team here you know get together at the same time, but while while everybody's getting to know each other, I'm you know 
looking through people on my phone, like, okay, if I wanted to get into this building to do an investigation, who do I need to talk to? Well, I don't know them, but I know this person that knows them. So I'm, you know, trying to network numbers. And even though, you know, we weren't able to get every investigation that we wanted to do during that time, we've laid the groundwork for all the investigations to come in the future. Like we even got permission from the business, from the business owners, but then the insurance said, no, we can't let people in yet. So we were even like almost right there with going to a few other, other things. But the good news is we've already got that. Okay. We've already got yep. the green lights. Yeah. It's going to get uh it's going to get way more interesting now that I'll, uh, I'll be coming back on a more regular basis. There's, there's a wealth of paranormal hotspots there that uh, a lot of people have not had the opportunity or uh, no one has really had the opportunity to tap into. So I think it'd be interesting to see what comes of that. Now, moving beyond the, this this bizarre series of events that put us all uh, in touch with each other, uh, this culminated in us doing a uh, an investigation of the old Natchez jailhouse. So this is the Adams County jailhouse, right? I was wondering, Scott, if you could give us like a little bit of a backstory on the history of the uh, the building itself and you know, what it was originally built for and how it has evolved to what it's being used for now. Oh yeah, sure. You know, Natchez Adams County, you know, is over, uh, over 300 years old. Um, the oldest establishment on the Mississippi river, you know, as mm-hmm. we discussed in the previous episodes and everything. So the, uh, Natchez Adams County uh, courthouse built in 1891 and it served as the jail until the 1970s. So they almost got a hundred years of use out of this jail. And the thing is, um, the, you know, the building is still there and it is still a government building. Uh, it's the administration and board of supervisors building today, but they only really work out of the front part of the building because the whole back of the building is still the old jail, you know, because when you build a jail, you build it to be solid, to not go anywhere. So to get in there and dismantle all these heavy iron bars and cells and everything would take a whole lot of work. Well, the Natchez Adams County Board of Supervisors says, no, we don't need that much room. We can just work out of the front part of the building and just leave the whole back as the old jail. Um, so there, so it's just a brick uh, structure with metal you know, cells and bars inside. There's plenty of pictures online uh, if anybody wants to check it out and kind of get a visual of what we're talking about here. But the thing is, you know, there's no heat or no AC in this building. And the cells are pretty much contained inside of a metal box. Um, so yeah, it's very, very hot, sweltering. Sweltering is putting it mildly in the summertime, and it is freezing cold in the wintertime whenever we did our investigation. Yeah, it was it was rather chilly. I was right in the middle of that terrible uh winter vortex thing that was going on this year, and it was man, I, I lived in Natchez for a long time, but I think that was the coldest that I ever felt it. Well, all right. So uh, it was used up until the 1970s. That's what it's being used for now. So I I love those dates because, Michelle, that actually kind of that's going to come around in our conversation again when we start talking about what happened in the the courtroom. So let's Mm -hmm. let's paint the picture here for a minute. That first night I get together with you all and we kind of set this up and like, yeah, we can get into the Nash's jail. Let's go check it out. We get together that night. The first couple of hours of the investigation were, well, at first a little chaotic because I I had some unexpected friends come along who were the wrong people, but luckily they volunteered themselves to leave. <laughs> uh, after that, we set up for an Estes session in that uh, that main conference room. And the reason that I wanted to do that is that since it was right underneath the hanging door, by the way, folks, the structure of this place, the third floor was death row. And the hanging door was on that third row. You can see pictures in this post. There will be uh, plenty of added material for all of you to see what we're talking about. But I, I was under the assumption that that would be a really, really intense place and probably have a lot of energy if we're talking about a considerable amount of people who have lost their lives there. It wasn't. It was pretty quiet. It was pretty dull. We got very, very few minor responses. And then after that, Michelle, you and I were talking about this just a little bit earlier. After that, we kind of just gave up on that area and we were like, let's just let's take a breather. Let's let's go outside. But before we actually made it to the door to go outside, what happened, Michelle? I was I, I just pick up on energies and, and I was walking past that conference room um, or boardroom or whatever it is there. And and uh I mean, something was just basically screaming at me and being like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, and I was curious because Jeff and I had used 
the uh, restroom earlier, Jess, you remember that. And we had already had some activity in the restrooms behind this room. Um, it was a pretty, pretty aggressive energy. Um, but what was coming out of the room was slightly aggressive, but th- there was something else to it. And it was just definitely, we've got something going on in here. Um, and so I just immediately turned around and looked at you, John, and I was like, come here. And it went from there. Yeah. Now, at that point, the, the dynamic really shifted and that whole room was chock full of a, a lot of energy. And while while I was in tune with it, it really seemed like you, Michelle and Jessica were may, way more in tune with what was going on in that room during that time. Um, it seemed that both of y'all were getting uh, more responses and, and more um, like even uh, empathic responses to things than scott and i were and i think there's a reason i, I would ag- i would agree with that um and jess I, I want you to jump in here um you know i definitely sense things i sense energy but i'm not psychic and i make i don't make any claims to be psychic um and so i might get you know kind of a, a feeling in, and just know things without being able to explain why i know things um and i think jess jess you are getting clearer directions you want to explain your skills a little bit more I think that at first, you know, it started off pretty aggressive, uh, but you could sense the underlying of something else was in there, you know, that wanted to talk. And then finally, you know, but whatever was in the room wasn't letting the other spirit come through. And so we were having this, you know, aggression and it was kind of a battle. And so it was kind of at first I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to tune into this. And then, um, it just kind of started coming and it was a separation of energies for sure. It was, you know, to have one stop piggybacking in on the other and um, literally mm. splitting we, of the we literally, we, I mean, Because we started, I do my usual thing. I, I go to equipment and um, I'm fanatical about using flashlights, which always cracks people up, um, but I use multiple flashlights. To, to make different identification and to communicate in different ways. And uh, we did. We split the flashlights up, if you recall, and we put some in the front of the room and some in the back of the room and literally stepped in and said, whoever you are, I mean, something in there was preventing a less powerful being or a, a milder being from, from speaking and, and from telling us what was going on. And we literally stepped into the middle and said, yeah, no, we need to hear what you know, what you have to say, step forward, tell us what you have to say. And you, you need to back off. Um, and so we, we literally split up the room, like just was saying, um, equipment wise and, and with the communication that we were doing. Yeah. I believe at one point we were kind of sensing that there was a really oppressive force over on the court side of the room, you know, obviously with the, mm-hmm. the whole, and I think during that time, Jessica, you were kind of sitting like, third or fourth row back and just kind of soaking it all in right yeah um just trying to figure out where things were in the room and what was going on what one voice was what the other voice was um you know the it was a very shut up vibe um towards the weaker voice and you know she was trying to come through there was a lot to be said and you know the the more powerful presence in the room was not having any of that. Like it was very determined to, and I also got the feeling of not only wanting to quiet the weaker spirit, but also to quiet Michelle and I, Mm. the two females in the room. It it did very much feel that way where it was, it was no, your place almost, you know, you're, 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 you're female, you you know your place. Um, we started to pick up on the fact that the lesser voice um, was um, an African-American girl, you know, um, Jess, you started to pick up on that where it was, is she was, an, she was African-American. Um, yes. There was some sort of injustice. We used the flashlights as well to start asking questions. Um, you know, this one uh, lighted up when we get here or narrowing down date ranges or, you know, confirming your feelings with uh, different pieces of information where we could ask different lights to light up based on, you know, uh, choices for answers and things of that nature. Um, and, and we really were able to narrow it down and, and, and say that this is, you know, a, a 
you know, uh, preteen or, or early teens, African-American female that's trying to come through and be heard. Um, but you're absolutely right. It was, it was towards you. It was towards me. It was very aggressive. I felt very aggressive towards us. And it was just very much a, you know, your place. You don't speak in here. You know, let, let the men handle this, sweetie, type feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, like a woman mm-hmm. has no place here, you know. Uh, but y'all's presence were, was actually what made this communication end up happening. So, so yeah. you, you, you broke those rules and I applaud you both for it because when you both started interacting with. I think that, you know, at one time, Michelle and I were both like, no, like this is 2022 and, and you have no right to tell us what we can, was- we can't do here anymore. Absolutely. It's funny you say that, Jess, because I was just, you know, when Scott, uh, when uh, John was saying that, I almost said, yeah, sit down and shut up. Have you met Jess and I? Like, like, we're going to let anybody tell us to sit down and shut up. I mean, that's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> not at all. I, I think we definitely had the two best uh, strong-willed uh, women personalities on this tour that we could have asked for. Uh, to get that kind of well, and I think it's because of that that we actually started to get positive and and more direct response with this one spirit of of a, a young girl who was trying to reach out to us. And you know, as I said, that like one of the big themes this year for me is communication. And over that winter break, three jailhouses in a row, each one of them had a story to tell. And at this point, I'm I I think it's more about trying to have those conversations and figuring out how to have those conversations. There was something there that was trying to tell us a story. And Michelle, you and I, obviously, we've taken an interest in this. We're going to dig in further. But it seems that whatever happened to this girl likely happened between the years of 1931 and 1935. Somewhere around there. It was was in that time frame, right? Um, But, uh, you know, we'll... I, I'm curious to see what's going on because it, it was definitely an injustice based on color um, from what we were able to glean from the questions asked and the conversation that we had. Um, it, it was, um, and, and forgive me, I'm not trying to be crude, you know, um, I certainly respect all, all walks of life, but, you know, in, in that time frame, definitely color was an issue and, and it oh, especially to be called out in a, yeah, especially here. I mean, not just, I mean, we didn't get into a lot of the, uh, you know, civil rights movement occurrences that took place here, but this was, this was a hotbed of the South. And so it wasn't any less before the civil rights movement here in Natchez. So, I mean, color definitely played a part and there may have been some injustice regarding, um, an older sister and she seemed to be, um, and just correct me on this, um, or add in what you like, uh, seemed to be very concerned about her older sister. Very concerned. And, you know, that was why she wasn't, um, you know, she needed to know where her sister was. It felt like more than she was concerned about what she had went through. She needed to know where her sister was. That is when the heartbreaking feelings started coming in. You know, it was the very, you know, she was frantic, the feelings of where is my sister? And, you know, to have to acknowledge that and say, you know, she's going on. But knowing that she was, you know, the young girl was stuck most likely because that's what she had been searching for for all of those years. And to know that she had gone, gone there, you know, basically to that place for help and had been turned up. Which is, you know, that probably resonates with the ideas that that was probably the very last place that she Mm -hmm. saw her sister. Absolutely. She'd gone there for help and been turned away, you know, been turned down. You're not. You're not wanted here. Know your place. You're out of line, you know, and just not. And it's that same feeling you and I were getting. It's like, no, 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 no. We can't, you know, we yeah. can't let, we can't let it end like this, right? And the thing, you know, and what happened surrounding to, to shut her up, you know, or, and to shut her sister yeah. up. No, there's, there's, uh, there's a story to be told yeah. there. And, and, like, I, I really do want to dig through historical records and find out what was going on during that time frame and whether or not there was um, any suspicious activity to look into. I want to I want to see if there's something there, because I, I tend to at this point, like if an actual narration starts to build on this stuff, then I I'll follow the breadcrumbs for a while and let's see where it goes. And. I mean, at this point, it's more often than not that it actually takes me somewhere that there's a story to be told that maybe nobody's picked up on yet. 
And I think that's what was happening there is something was reaching out to us because it uh, it had something to say. And it took you two to be lightning rods for that particular moment. Well, and I, I think I mean, we definitely weren't wanted in there, but I think she was reaching out for attention. I think that's what actually got my attention to begin with, where it was like, there's a woman, you know, there's somebody who will hear me, you know, and just kind of that that cry. And then somebody else stepping forward and saying, no we're not doing, you know, know your place, don't do this. Um, and, and the more information we got, I mean, the, the, and, and if you all can picture this, the room has like a, a, a big curved, almost like city council uh, table at the front where the chairs line all the way around. Um, and then you've got, you know, the gallery and the seating at the back of the room. And then we definitely have that, that power play coming from the front and and that meeker voice coming from the back of the room from the gallery area of the room and uh um very very symbolic strangely enough um and and we could see it you know with the flashlight up on on that table at the front of the room and and the responses that we were getting were where it was just definitely the more information we got you could feel more of a desperation of no i've got to shut this down hmm. yeah yeah i Jessica, would you agree with that? It kind of it like when we started to get that that story coming through, it felt like there was an oppressive force coming right behind it. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it was very I'm the power. I control things. I whether, you know, right or wrong, I lay the law like what I say goes. Now, Scott, I, I I'm curious about what you were thinking at this point, because um you had never actually really done an official paranormal investigation. And actually, Jessica, you hadn't either, right? Um, Scott and I actually did um, an unofficial official <laughs> uh, paranormal investigation um, a few times. Um, nothing as intense. Um, I think that... Um, speaking for myself, not for Scott, that everything was so structured and there wasn't very much room on the books for it to anything to come through or, you know, it was what was already there is what we're going to experience. And that's that. L limited time. Yes. And I think yeah. that this, you know, being with you was a whole different experience for me, certainly, because I am not even certain that anyone has ever even been in that room or even really even acknowledged that that room that there could be activity in it i think everyone's focused on the cells and there's so much because the cells look so interesting visual um you know because they're they're still there and they were built you know before the 1900s so visually it's a very stunning uh area you know whenever i bring you know ghost tours in there everybody when they first go in it's like whoa it's a same reaction but the thing is you know the especially the um like death row the room like you mentioned earlier the death row you know the hanging gallows you know it, we don't know exactly how many people were hung there um or, or these you know those records so well, we know the last hangings were done there in the 1930s but the thing is this wasn't prison this was just the county jail so you know, it, it's it's not like hangings were happening there every day or anything. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are drawn to the old cells, the old cell block and and the gallows for that particular reason, because it's very visual. And, yeah, there's energy, you know, there's there's you know energy there. But we had I had not been done an investigation in that in the main like town meeting hall room, you know, the kind of the, the courthouse room. And. So for me, it was all new territory. And, you know, me, like I said, I'm no paranormal investigator. I'm no psychic. I can't sense energies at all. I'm just looking for equipment lighting up and I'm, I'm going on what, what you guys will say, you know, you know, what Jessica is saying and what Michelle is saying. So this was me like, dude, shut up and let them do their thing, man. Cause whatever they're doing is working. So let it go. Um, so it was very, it was very, very uh, uh, enlightening for me, I guess is really what I want to say. Very enlightening because um, I'd never been part of an investigation of that caliber yeah. before where we're getting direct kind of answers and responses with stuff to direct questions really to narrow down 
who it is and who it is, you know, what entity it is we're talking to. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it immensely. I could tell it was very uh, emotionally taxing on uh, uh, pretty much everyone involved because, you know, shortly after that, we're like, okay, we need to take a break. <laughs> we need to take a break right now. Yeah, got to reset. What was really interesting about taking that break is right before we took that break, we started to sense uh, that that lurking shadow back behind the courtroom area yet again. And I think that oh, was yeah. what kind of slowed stuff down in the actual courtroom. And that's when we were like, let's take a breather. So we go and we take a breather. And then we ended up going up to death row after this. Now, this is what I find fascinating is this will become more apparent, folks, as you listen to this, as we keep talking about this. Each floor of that building had a completely different tone. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So the first one was one of uh, trauma and heartbreak. There was a story there to be told. Somebody is trying to figure something out there. The third floor, which is death row, you think would be full of sorrow and sadness? Nope, that thing was chock full of tongue-in-cheek humor and a whole lot of tricksters. Well, but it was quiet at first, <laughs> and that was the interesting part. And I have run into this before. So remember, when we first went up there, we weren't getting anything. We mm. said, so, and, and to lay, lay it out for, for folks who are listening, on one side of the room, you've got four cells. Right. And these are pretty solid cells, solid doors, everything else. And on the other side of the room, there's a trap door and the lever and you look up and that's where the rope went through. And yep. it's just it's, it's going to be a, a, a short drop and a quick stop, you know, once somebody pulls that lever. And so you're sitting there in death row. And I really expected something because the trauma of this and the energy and the residual signature. You're sitting there in those four cells. Anybody who is put to death while you're sitting in those four cells, you're watching them and you know. You're next. You're coming. Your turn's coming. So you can literally, you literally have the ringside seat for every execution that's taking place there. And I'm thinking, that's kind of cruel and unusual. This is kind of sick and demented and twisted, right? And uh, I'm thinking, surely this is going to leave a remarkable energy signature. Right. Yeah. Nothing. We're, we're not getting a thing. Nothing's turning on. Nothing's turning off. And so I go to my old standby, you know, and John, you jumped in on this where we're just, you know, just being flap happy and chatting and just, you know, it, you know, I, I, I see a lot of shows and I'm not going to criticize the show. They do what works for them. Everybody's got their own style. Right. But for me, it's about talking to them and, and they're, you know, we're assuming that they are basically human or have been human at one time or another. And they're a lot like you and me. And, and, I, and I've done this in a lot of places over a lot of time where, you know, you go in and you know it's getting counted by paranormal investigators. Of course, in a place like this, paranormal investigators are going to go to death row first thing. So you kind of start getting the impression and the energy that it's like they're rolling their eyes at you. Oh, here they are. Here we go again. This, this is going to be a This guy. This guy's coming in. Crowd. Oh, God. Yeah. Right? And so you, you got to switch it up. You know, you don't want to be the one sitting there going, can you tell me what year it is? Can you tell me who's president? What is your name? Hi, I am so-and-so. It's so nice to meet you. You're, you're not going to do the standard list of the top 25 questions. Mix it up. Treat them like they're real people. And that's what we jumped into. And that's when we started getting responses. I think that's what we need to lean towards, Just uh, and, and not just my own practices, but the paranormal community as a whole is, is what we need to start leaning into. Because this whole um, antagonistic approach of, of trying to get responses, uh, well, one, it's unhealthy, and two, I hope they follow you home and haunt the hell out of you if you're going to take it from that approach, to be honest. You well, deserve it. And if I can be so bold as to say this and I, I'm going to be that bold because I'm obnoxious like that um, you know a lot of times criminal investigators are called in to help resolve a problem you know you're, you're talking about people's workplaces or their homes and they're scared they're frightened about what's going on and they need answers and they need to know what's going on well you know what I'm Mr. Ghost I'm dead and somebody comes in and is like hey dude you know I'm going to rile you up and I'm going to be mean and nasty and aggressive and I'm going to bait you and everything else well guess what Mr. Beatty, aggressive, nasty, paranormal investigator is going to leave. And I'm still pissed off 
I mean, excuse me for putting it that way, but, you know, angry doesn't cover what I am as a ghost. And so the paranormal investigator who came in to fix things leaves. I'm super, super duper angry, and I'm going to create a whole lot of mayhem and problems leaving. And so the paranormal investigator, and I've seen this time and again, has left just this wake of destruction. The people who were afraid are now terrified because things have ratcheted up to an entirely new level. And it's, it's you know, we, we come in as investigators and we're there for a day or two days or a couple of investigations. Just there, but we're not living with it every day. And we need to keep that in mind. Well, everybody's always searching for the boogeyman and no one's ever searching for yeah. the truth. Well put. Mm. Uh, sincerely, that that very was well that was very well put. Yeah. I, I would say that that's the direction that I'm trying to go and I'm trying to like the people that I bring into my fold. That's the direction that I want to go with is um, I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm trying to find peace and peace through understanding. And there is something fascinating happening with all of this. I don't have the answers for it, but I am intrigued to keep looking, you know. I mean, we never know. One day it could be us trying to communicate from the other side. And, you know, we want to be dealt with with respect and, you know, like, hear my story, not just, hey, you know, dance puppet. One of, one of the first T-shirt designs I have planned for the podcast is Future Ghost. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Um, it was it was so interesting just to see how the dynamics change throughout the course of the evening. So we end up going to death row, and eventually we get to the point where we're running the flashlight trick, and we set one flashlight in each one of the cells, and they all start triggering. And folks, I'll tell you right now, I will go ahead and add this video into the show notes so that you can see that we're talking about uh, it, because the whole clip was about four minutes. However, the last sixteen seconds were pretty fascinating. And that's when we caught that EVP. I love that EVP. <laughs> <laughs> what Jessica, was it you or was it you, Michelle, that said, I think they need to get back to their cells? Yep. I believe it was me. And I was like, you need to get back to your cells. And then, of course, you know, I was sitting Why? there and I didn't hear what we were asking yeah. through. Why? Like, why? Why do you want us to get back? In? You know, it was a why. And it was so distinct. It was, you know. No, it no, it wasn't aggressive at all. It was very tongue in cheek. It was very playful. It was, it was literally like a, why? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yes, and you know, if you, if y'all remember, you know, we were like talking about coffee and things like that. So you know, we were joking with them, and they were like, "Wow, like what?" <laughs> I seriously felt like we were welcome up there, and they were having just a great time hanging out with us. That's the vibe that I got from up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that was not what. No, I'm agreeing with, I'm agreeing with you. It's not what I expected at all, but I, I would absolutely agree with that. I, I, I was, I was actually a little intimidated going up there and I've been doing this, you know, a day or two. And, and I was like, Ooh, death row. Yeah. And it was fun. It was, I mean, we got to the point where what you made the comment as all of the lights had come on and John, you made the comment about, well, do you like James Dean? And every single one systematically, boom, 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 yeah. off, off, off. And it was like, well, guess not. Yep. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a fan of uh, the rebel without a cause. Uh, apparently, you know, <laughs> the cry and shame is a great film and I'll be visiting his grave uh, this, this summer. That'll be interesting. Uh, apparently James Dean's uh, uh, grave plot is like haunted as hell. So I'm going to see if I can resurrect little bastard and get him to take me on a joy ride in the paranormal sense. Oh. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Watch, watch, watch that one episode of Supernatural uh, first. That, that didn't end up well oh, for the guy that did that. I know what you're talking about. So, so things got really interesting up in uh, Death Row and, and the flashlight responses, the EVPs, uh, some other phenomena that was going on there, which I, I will share with everyone as this conversation progresses. But yet again, after that, it was uh, 
you know, just like down in the courtroom is a little bit exhausting. So we all decided to just take a breather, step outside and just clear our heads uh, before we went back in and checked out the actual general population cell block area, which uh, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. I was like, this is not like average access to the building anymore. It's basically like the ruins of it outside uh, outside half of a house basically <laughs> uh, correct it is a um it's a, a variation of the uh victorian style uh buildings which i, I believe is called uh, the queen anne uh style michelle yes. check me on that one yes to see it uh from the outside is beautiful because they did an amazing thing with the brickwork uh where they have these like 45 degree angle uh corners where the bricks kind of sit offset of each other. And, and so a very good visual piece, but the whole back of it is two cell blocks. Uh, cell block A on the bottom floor and cell block B, which is where we did our investigation on the second floor. Just to kind of give everyone a general structure, there's four cells going down the main, you know, the main row on either side. So eight cell, eight, eight areas total. The guards could walk all the way around the outside uh, that was the guards walk and that's where they could work the levers to open and close the doors and stuff like that. And you could have two prisoners per cell on the inside and it's completely enclosed in with, you know, steel, you know, it's, it's a metal box. It's almost a hot box. Basically the whole outside is just the bars. So if the guards were on the outside guards walk, they could talk just directly through the bars to the inmates and stuff like that. Um, and it's still there. You know, like the like I said earlier, when you build a jail, you build it to be solid, to not go anywhere. And yeah, the building is kind of settled a little bit over the time, and some of the doors are stuck in whatever position that they're in. But I mean, this thing was an active mm. jail up until the 1970s. Even as recently as the 1970s, everything worked. So yeah, it's 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 like going back in time whenever you're in there. It's, it's really amazing. It was. Definitely full of an energy that I personally had never encountered before. So it was a new and unique experience for me. And I appreciate you setting that up for us, Scott. Now, that being said, whenever we actually did crack open that door and we went back into cell block A, that kind of shifted the tone for the evening and also ended up setting the tone for the second night when we went back for a secondary investigation of that particular area of that building. Now, the tone shift is enough that I think it's it's worth actually kind of stopping the conversation here so we can come back to it. The whole feel of the investigation definitely did shift when we stepped back into those shadows, and that continued in some pretty unique ways on the following evening. So let's let's come back to this in about two weeks, and we'll wrap up this story and, and uh, express to everyone what we went through during that heavier time period. Because, Jessica, you were kind of like the barometer for everything that happened once we stepped in there. Yeah, it was, um, it was very strange. <laughs> something, something. Oh, my goodness. I can't even – never had an experience like that before. Yeah, it was, it was definitely um, one of my least pleasant. Well, I, I'm, I – it's unfortunate that that's how it went. We're going to talk about that on the next episode. But I think you being there for everything that happened in that courtroom was pretty important. Like the combination of you and Michelle being there is what made that first part of the evening. So we, we got such great responses from that. And I think it had to do with the energy of you too. Absolutely. And I would do every bit of it over again. Like it was amazing. It was learning a lot. It was it was well worth the experience and getting to experience that with you and your different tactics about how you do things and the way that you go about it was enlightening. And it was changed my thoughts on a lot of perspective on the ideas of ghost hunting. I think that's around the table, to be honest. Uh, I, th I think the combination of all of us, our different points of views, our skill sets, the things that we are in tune with and the way that we have uh, an inquisitive nature to begin with is what made it such a successful experience and why we had so many like good dings on this one. It was, it was a good blend. Y'all are great people. And I think putting all us in the right spot at the right time, um, it was a good one, but we're also going to dive into how that can be 
pretty freaking heavy on the next one. So we're going to save that for the oh, next yeah. episode. <laughs> yes. So as we wrap this up, yes, there no, but there are synchronicities, yeah. definitely. So as we wrap this up, uh, I just want to kind of do a round table for any final thoughts or anything you want to plug. Michelle, tell me what's going on in your in your world. You got anything you want to uh, fill us in on? Well, just keep in mind, Ultimate Paranormal, for all of your paranormal or board travel needs, we're one-stop shop. Uh, we'll, we'll build your itinerary for you and let you book it on your own so that uh, you have the flexibility of the travel you need. Absolutely, and we'll have links for all your stuff in the show notes, just as we did on the last episode. Jessica, how about yourself? Anything you want to fill us on uh, your end? Just thank you to everyone, Michelle, Scott, John, all of you for um, inviting me along on this, and I cannot wait to do many more investigations and to really see what Natchez has uh, to offer as far as the paranormal. I can promise you it's going to get weirder and weirder and weirder. It's definitely going to be a weird summer. I can promise you that. We're going to tear it up, my friends. Brother Scott, what do you got for us? I know you got some things that uh, you have coming down the pipeline and a couple of things you wanted to, to throw out to our listeners. Uh, sure. First of all, a, uh, a very big um, thank you uh, to Natchez Adams County uh, Administration Board Supervisors for giving us access to this building, uh, a rather humorous story. You know, I had, I had access to this building before COVID and then COVID regulations happened. So there was, there was no tours going in when the regulation stuff got lifted and they're doing work in the building. I said, okay, it's time for me to go ask them if I could bring tours back in there. And it, you know, I waited in the gallery and I waited for my turn to be called before the board. And I went up and explained my case. And, um, it was, uh, Supervisor uh, James Gray from District 4, who uh, basically said, right, so you had access to this building before COVID. Now you're just you're coming to us after COVID to request access back into the building for your ghost tours. I said, yes, sir. And he pretty much looked at the rest of the board and said, OK, do we even need to vote on this or can we just go ahead and say yes? <laughs> so it was it really it took all of about it took all of about three minutes. So uh, so thank you, Natchez Adams County Administration Board of Supervisors for allowing us access to their building in the old jail and for letting me bring ghost tours in there. Uh, yeah, Natchez Ghost Tour dot uh, com. Natchez Ghost Tour on Facebook. Natchez Ghost Tour on Instagram. Easy to find. If you all around Natchez, you want to do take a good tour. Uh, let me know. I'll do that. And uh, I actually have the largest ghost tour that I've ever done for a single group of people coming up. Um, and it's going to be for 26 people. Uh, at once will be on the tour. So um, still wondering how I'm going to handle that, but uh, <laughs> we'll, I may have to break it into groups, but we'll, uh, we're going to make it work. It's going to be fun. When's that happening? That is going to be the Monday after St. Patrick's Day. So Monday, the. Well, uh, if you 20- need a goat herder, I'll come along. You can always, you can always buzz me. <laughs> I may, I may, I may recruit you, Michelle, to help me uh, herd, to help me herd all the people. Yeah. I told you <laughs> Be more than happy to go as well. It's so. Monday. That's true. It's Monday night. Oh, Everybody's cool. off. That could be a little so, fun. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that's what this is all about is building up a network uh, between us. Like, we we all have a lot of amazing projects. I fully believe and support all of y'all's, and I know that you guys dig what I'm doing. You know, between, between that, we're just going to help keep getting our stuff out there, folks. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Guys, thank you again so much for coming and joining me on this. I can't wait until we get back uh, in two weeks. You can come and join us for the finale on this series on the Natchez Jailhouse and understand how much of an intense shift in tone everything else involving this location was after the time in the uh, in Death Row, which was surprisingly funny and trickstery, a little lighthearted. I mean, what else are you going to do when you're staring down the noose, you know? Yeah. <laughs> need a sense of humor. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, I'll be sure to have links to all of y'all's projects in the show notes. And I can't wait until we come back here in two weeks to close the series out. And I cannot wait to see what kind of mischief we can get into this summer. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the family, friends.
I'd like to thank Scott, Michelle, and Jessica for joining me tonight. I couldn't have asked for a better, more serendipitous group to have come across to have this experience with. You can find links for all their respective projects in the show notes. Be sure to go and check them out. Show these people some support. They put just as much love and work into their own projects as I do. We'll be back in two weeks for the conclusion of this series on our experiences at the Old Adams Jail, where we'll dig into the shift in tone and shadow. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere as XVPlanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people on the street corner or subway about us. We are a DIY independent production, and the only way we will grow is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip. Once again, you can support us by going to www.patreon.com slash xvplanus and subscribing to gain access to exclusive content. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Luxicult, Primordia, Unearthing Paranormalcy, and more. You can find them by going to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced wherever and whenever it can be, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. High praise and thanks to Sonny and Wrencher for our updated logo, and many thanks and mad love to Meg, who manages most of our social media. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without explicit consent from me. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far, and I'll see you in the between. In Abambratio, in Fluctus, Subvalo.